0: This, this is the Our Auto Expert podcast.
1: Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our
2: Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert.
1: Our
0: Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated. From the southeast to the northwest, this is America's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, and on smart speaker. This is Our Auto Expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen, who told me in the car today, on the way in, oh boy. that she throws up all the fluids in her body... <laughs> And I explained to her that if I drove fast and made her throw up, and she threw up all the fluids in her body, she would die. And oh she seemed to think that that was inevitable if I kept driving the way I did. <laughs> yeah. Explain yourself.
3: Uh, no. You just, I was reading and I can't read and have someone drive at the same time. So. So I get very nauseous.
0: So then the next question would be, (laughs) does my driving make you sick or does reading when you are in the car make it it sick? Is it my fault or is it reading? Is it your fault for reading?
3: Uh, You asked me to look up something for you and I did.
0: And so. And
3: it's so it's either. So you
0: did. So again, if I asked you to. So it's your fault no matter what. So I asked <laughs> you to do something that wasn't healthy. you would still be my fault. Yeah. Jen, could you jump off this bridge? Yes, not going to do your it. Fault. Well, you see, you should have said, <laughs> I'm not going to look something up while I'm driving, while you're driving, because you will make me sick. You have a voice. Use it.
3: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, I was just doing what I was told. Okay. But did I get the answer for you? No, because I started getting options.
0: Now what did I ask?
3: I don't remember. No, me neither. So it's a moot moot point.
0: Most of the stuff that we talk about is in one ear and out
3: the other. It's okay.
0: Jen says to me before we come on air, um, reading stuff that's on today's show, she says, "Uh, can I talk about the show? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because... I don't like being interrupted when I prep for a show. No. What is on today's show? We have a live show. It's awesome. Uh, Mark Gillies joining us. He's a senior manager of product and technology. He's t- going to talk about the new ID4 from Volkswagen. Jen, you told me it was sold out.
3: Yeah, I think they sold out the first day.
0: Oh, that's their new electric car that's coming to the United States. That's good news for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karina Gonzalez is going to talk about the new Acura uh, RDX, the PMC edition. Yeah. Hand built, next to the NSX.
3: And that orange, wow, beautiful.
0: OK, Would you, could you live with that every day? Yeah. Uh, I, don't I, know, I look out in the driveway and I see bright orange. Anyway, that's a whole different topic. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not I think it like, looks great when you see them announced and see them out okay, there then but what, then can you live with it every day could you
3: live with that what is it I want come I want to lick your lime Kona
0: uh, it's actually called lime twist oh. I call it come on yeah come I wanna lick your lime because right. I think it should have been called that definitely um, it's no I couldn't live with it every day that was the whole in fact that was the very beginning of this conversation a couple of years ago when I first went on the Kona launch and had that bright lime color which I call come on I want to lick your, your lime. lime. Right. Um, but I couldn't live with it.
3: But here's the best thing. The older you get, Nick, you can see where your car is parked.
0: How old do you think I am?
3: <laughs> <laughs> like Older you, than me. Uh, let
0: me just suggest you're older than that me. if you need a bright color car to find out where it's parked the suggestion is maybe driving is not the first <laughs> thing on your agenda today
3: it was just a just,
0: just maybe <laughs> erica martin joining us she's the suv and marketing manager for ford she is on the rebel rally we're going to find out about the new bronco on that rally what have i been driving this week with the chevy bolt ev the hyundai kona i just came back from driving the defender yeah. buying one by the way put the flag you in are? The sand, right? yeah i'm gonna buy one they're awesome oh <sighs> And uh, the new Jaguar F-Type. Don't I say that about every car I test? We're also going to welcome back Jim Morrison. He's the head of Jeep. Pretend I didn't say that. He's the head of Jeep, um, and he's going to share his adventures with the new Wrangler XE4, which is their plug-in hybrid. Uh, Michael Cadell joining us today. He's uh, Indianapolis track. Uh, He's been watching some racing going on. Anton Woolman will update us on everything that's going on in the uh, electric and in the autonomous world. And Lexus. Going to talk about the RC and special RC Blackline edition, and that uh, is uh, Jeff Partain. He'll be joining us on the show as well. It's a pretty packed show.
3: It is. I'm excited.
0: Um, I'm super excited too. Uh, so let's start off the show in the way we mean to continue. Very British. Mark Gillies joining us from <laughs> uh, VW. Mark, welcome back to the show. So. This ID Four that we have been anticipating, uh, announcing, or you've been anticipating, we've been anticipating coming. You've been anticipating telling us all about. Uh, it got rave reviews when it was announced, and it looks like a lot of people want them. Oh, did I miss? Nope, we lost Mark. No, yes, is Mark there? Uh, technical issues, Mark. <laughs> if hang on a second, there. All right, are you there, Mark? No. No mark. All right. I'm here. Yeah. Oh, there you oh go. yay! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we thought we'd lost you for a second. Uh, so the ID Four, which we've been anticipating for a while to be announced, was announced, and it looks like a lot of people want them.
4: Yeah, it was great. I mean, we revealed it on the 23rd, and within a couple of hours, we'd sold out the first edition. And actually, um, people were so interested that it managed to crash the website, which is a good thing and yes. a bad thing. <laughs> Way time, to
3: go. So.
0: I love the fact when websites crash because it really means that the interest was under-anticipated and, uh, and it really means that it shows that you did your job in the PR department and marketing department because uh, then you can go to your bosses and go, you know, like, I'm sorry, we'll try not to do such a good job next time. <laughs> uh, is there a lot of the... So people could pre-order, right? Yeah,
4: people, people could
0: pre-order, um, but basically it went live once
4: our reveal video um, uh, finished. And, you know, there was a a lot of interest. Uh, We had a lot of people watching uh, the YouTube um, reveal. I think it's up to about 190,000 views now, which is pretty good, I think, for, you know, a little
0: manufacturer like us in this market. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So can you tell us how many people Um, pre-ordered? Now it's well over 4,000. So, you know... Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a so big, big deal. Big how um, how many uh are we going to get in the United States?
4: Uh well, we're not we haven't we don't really
0: know yet. I mean, it,
4: the problem with the with the vehicle it's, it's it's a world vehicle. So right. um we're pushing to get as many as we can uh when it goes on sale next year. Um, but obviously, there's going to be demand from other markets because um, particularly, you know, if you go to a place like Norway, every single vehicle over there seems to be sold as an EV these days. And, and I think, you know, this one of the things, interesting things about the I D four to me is that it's more of a world vehicle than the D three that we, we put, on, put out on the market earlier because, you know, our biggest selling car in the world these days is the Tiguan. And if you look at China and the U.S. Um, particularly and even at Europe. You know, compact SUVs are where the market's at. Yeah. You know, last year, they, they sold, we sold about four, four million in this market, and we, we think, you know, with the pricing and the, the offer that the car has, and with the way it's so much fun to drive, it's going to steal some sales, hopefully, from, you know, regular compact SUVs like the Lab Four and the CRV,
0: and hopefully also from some of the electric electric competitors. Uh, the the, tell us a little bit about the vehicle, because and by the way, I should say all those people in Europe should just buy the ID3 and let us in America have the ID4. But <laughs> I'm sure that's not how they think. Um, so tell us a little bit about the ID4, uh, the basics for people who are unfamiliar with the product.
4: Yeah, it's based on what we call the MEB modular electric architecture. So it's a, basically it's a, an underfloor battery pack. In this case, 82 kilowatt hours. Uh, giving about 250 miles of range, uh, depending on the model. Uh, The first cars will have a rear-mounted electric motor, giving 201 horsepower, uh, which goes back a bit to our our roots because the Beetle had a a uh, rear-mounted gasoline engine. Uh, Later on, we'll get a 302-horsepower all-wheel-drive version of the vehicle. Um, I've driven it, and it's fast. It's, It's really fun to drive. It's got good interior space um you know it's got uh, 30 cubic feet of luggage space behind the rear seats uh, 66 with the seats folded uh, got a lot of cool tech um there's a, a very cool feature um there's a lot of there's a lot of voice activated features and we have a thing called id light which is a strip of light in front of the, uh, the driver that lights up when you talk to the car um but it also lights up for instance, when you're driving along and using the Navi, and the, the navigation tells you to turn left, you'll see a light on the left-hand side of the dash, oh, cool. informing you what the next next turn is. So, it's it's got a load of tech. It's um it's it's actually well priced, I think, because it's. The, the base car is thirty-nine nine nine five, but if you factor in um, the federal tax credit of seventy-five hundred, you know the price goes down to about thirty-two five. And then you know, obviously, there's local and state incentives to factor on top of that. Plus, you know, we've got three years of free charging with Electr- Electrify America, and you save about thirty-five hundred dollars over five years in fuel costs compared to a regular uh, ICE uh, compact SUV. So it's you know it's one of those interesting things we're saying you know we're we're pitching it against compact Vs rather than other ev's because it's a very competitive offer in as i say the biggest biggest market in the us at the moment
0: I love everything about it. One quick question before we run out of time. Is there is this the base of the vehicle that other people might build their vehicles on? So obviously the VW Beetle was a base for many car companies to build vehicles on. Uh, will this be the base for other people to consider building a car on top of?
4: Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we've already announced with Ford that it will be the basis of, of some European Ford electric cars. And I think... Um, uh, Hendrik Fisker has already announced that um, they'll be building an SUV on the basis of, of the uh, MEB platform. So, yeah, and I think the other thing is, you know, hopefully we'll see some other body styles starting with the buzz, you know, the, the, the microbus um, homage, as it were, uh, coming yeah, to, to Europe relatively mm-hmm. soon.
0: Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. If you want to know more on this vehicle, all you have to do is go to uh, VW's website, and you can see. uh, There's plenty to read. I could probably spend at least two hours talking to you about it, Mark. Thanks for being on the show. I'm excited, exhilarated. It's been a, a wait, but it's finally here, and I look forward to experiencing it. Coming up, more Our Auto Expert. We're going to find out about a whole bunch of new vehicles hitting the streets this year. Plus, we'll have some important news about what's going on in Indianapolis. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show on our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at OurAutoExpert.com. We always like to hear about special edition vehicles and vehicles that are worth our time and energy. And that is exactly what we're going to tell you about today. Uh, Karina Gonzalez joining us from Acura to talk a little bit about a vehicle which is hand-built, which is interesting. Uh, It is the new 2021 RDX PMC edition. So, uh, Karina, tell me a little bit about this vehicle first of all what's the name of the color that you guys displayed because um, i almost had to put shades on to look at it it's very bright
5: yes you definitely won't miss it on the road so the color is called the thermal orange pearl paint and it's um exactly the same color that you can find on the nsx supercar and so what we've done is we've applied it to this rdx to create a pmc edition um, and it becomes the third to get the same treatment so we started with the tlx then the MDX had that same treatment. RDX is next in that special edition cadence. And what PMC edition means is that the car is, as you mentioned, hand built and assembled at the same factory where the NSX supercar is. And it combines um, some of the features taken from the some of the top features from the advanced trim and ASIC trim and creates this kind of mix
0: of best of both worlds. I like the orange, but is it available in other colors?
5: No, so the PMC edition you'll only find in this color, in the orange color, and it's a limited edition. So there will only be 360 of them that will be on the
0: road. Uh, is it like a pre-order process?
5: Uh, yes, yeah, so you can definitely contact your dealer and get in contact with them. They'll start arriving in dealerships this month, and then the starting price is going to be in the low $50,000. So, uh,
0: so you have to go to your local dealer to get one. Uh, is it likely that they, since there's only 360, is it likely that it'll sell out pretty quickly?
5: Well, we're still, uh, there's been some interest in them. We know that the 30, the 30 that go to Canada, those have all sold out already and been reserved. So Can- we're expecting these to definitely, yeah, we're expecting these to, uh, to be a big hit. They, it, it looks great. The color on the RDX works really well.
0: Uh, so let's talk a little bit about your Ohio factory. This is sort of uh, Honda's new manufacturing headquarters, uh, Honda Acura's manufacturing headquarters in the United States. Um, and hand-building the vehicle, takes a lot of extra time, right?
5: Yes, it does. And that's really what makes these special. So PMC stands for Performance Manufacturing Center. It's our factory in Ohio where the NSX is built. And these vehicles go through the same exact process that the nsx does so they're built with a lot of care there's a lot of special attention uh paid to make sure that it's just a really uh premium vehicle once it comes out on the other side and it just gets the same exact treatment as the nsx does
0: can you race this on the track like you race the nsx
5: (laughs) you can definitely take it around for a spin yeah that would be that'd be fun
0: uh, it, it has lots of amenities. I mean, just like the RDX does, the regular RDX, you've, you've really packed it with things like your super handling all-wheel drive, um, which, by the way, I drove uh, the MDX with uh, super handling all-wheel drive, the last generation of super handling all-wheel drive. Um, at Mudfest, which is the Northwest Automotive Press Association's event that they have every year where you get the cars nice and muddy and uh, all the journalists drive them around so the track. Um, and it, it, it performed, it was the best performer for me on, on mud. Um, you know, sort of not harsh off-road conditions, but sort of uh, more Baja-ish, but on, on mud uh, it, it performs really well. Since then, there is a new generation of super handling all-wheel drive. And does the RDX live up to the to the first generation of, of the super handling all-wheel drive?
5: Yes, absolutely. So what you're seeing on this vehicle is the fourth iteration of the super handling all-wheel drive system. And it's going to come standard, as you mentioned. And what it does is our torque vectoring system, like you said, you can go into the mud, you can be in snow, um, and just have a lot of fun in the torque vectoring. It'll send... 100% to the, or 70% to the rear wheels, and then it will apply 70% to either the left or the right wheel to really get you around those corners, and the way to think about it is kind of like a wheelchair, if you're turning one of the wheels, you are be able to get a really tight turn, and, uh, and that's what this, this system does.
0: Uh, you've embedded the wheelchair thing in my head now. I'm going to constantly think about that analogy when I think about going around a mud track. It's probably not as comfortable in a wheelchair as it is in an RDX. Uh, the, the, these vehicles are also packed with uh, sort of features for comfort and convenience, not just performance, right? I mean, uh, you have you a have heads-up display. You have a 10.5-inch speaker. Is, does it have the Elliott Shiner-tuned audio system?
5: Yes, it comes with the same ELS, the top ELS D studio audio system, which gives you those seventeen or sixteen speakers and just really great music, um, sound quality and it's gonna sound like you're in a studio when you play some 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 of your favorite music. I, songs, have,
0: I, mean. I have sat in the back of the car with Elliot and played music and uh... yeah he did an astounding job if you don't know who Elliot is he uh... he did the smashing pumpkins album steely dan back in the day Uh, he's a, a pretty amazing uh... producer and uh, he also knows how to tune these vehicles so the sound sounds exactly as it did in the studio when he produced these songs. Uh, is this the the last uh, sort of uh, special edition we're going to see from the RDX uh, before it gets somewhat of a mid-cycle refresh, or uh, will there be more? Can we stand by for more excitement?
5: Yeah, so um, just kind of, you know, we're really excited about this announcement right now. More to come in the future about what exactly will be the next next thing to come. Um, but for now, we're really excited to see this orange color, you know, really pop and stand out on the road.
0: You know what I heard? I heard your PR training come into uh, effect there, where you <laughs> completely avoided you, telling you me can about tell future products. No,
3: it's okay. <laughs> just say just no. Just made a bridge. Let's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: just don't look over here. Look over here. Okay. <laughs> Nothing going on. So walk
3: what's... over the walk... So what is the, that with me. <laughs> what's the AccuWatch, AccuWatch system? So it's
5: our, uh, yeah, it's our safety suite um, that comes with the vehicle, and it's just going to be a driver. It's a driver assistive technology that helps you stay on the road, right? It has right. Um, lane keep assist yeah. and um, brake mitigation and just some, some key features so that just when you're on the road, they just help keep you safe and, and avoid collisions
0: i like that collisions are bad we all agree with that it's got some great things like uh, great 20 inch black gloss wheels uh, roof a nice black gloss roof panel panoramic moon roof black gloss door handles a diamond pentagon grill which is a nice color grill surrounding it's a it's a nice vehicle if you want one you're going to have to go to your local dealer and check it out because there's only 360 oh the canadians stole 30. uh thank you karina for joining us more our auto expert on the way you're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. Your smart speaker can be your radio. Just say, hey, Google, hey, Alexa, or hey, Siri. Play Our Auto Expert radio show, and all the previous episodes of our show or podcast are available. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert radio show, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. Uh, one very important event that is uh, is on top of us uh, or is... I might, might be over. I think it's over already. Is the Rebel <laughs> Rally. Um, and this is interesting because last year we talked to Emmy Hall quite a little bit. Uh, she drove a Rolls-Royce Cullinan through it. But this year there is a new vehicle available to do uh, the Rebel Rally or a new vehicle that's kind of exciting uh, to be in it. Um, there's quite a few, actually. Uh, but interestingly enough, uh, this is the time to talk about it. And Erica Martin, the SUV marketing and communications manager from uh, Ford, is joining us to talk about a little bit about the uh, the Bronco. Uh, so the Rebel Rally is the first all women's off road navigation uh, navigational rally in the U.S. Uh, wh- what does that mean, uh, Erica? Navigational rally.
6: Hi. So that means um, we're going to be traveling traveling twelve hundred miles over eight days um, in various off road terrain, using nothing but a compass and a map to get around. So. They'll be taking away our phones and all of our technology, um, so that we only need to rely on those our, those tools and you know our brains.
0: The well, that's a good thing. This is breaking the stereotype that we all need uh, phones mm-hmm. to get anywhere. Um, it uh, it sounds a little bit like the stress level is really high in this rally. Is it? Um, well.
6: The rally's taking place uh, next week, it starts. Um, so all I know is what we've been practicing. <laughs> and even in the practice, I will tell you, there are definitely highs and lows. Um, it is a little bit stressful um, when you when you think you might have lost your way, uh, and it definitely takes some, some cool head under pressure to, to get yourself back on track. Where does the rally take place? Where or when? Sorry. Where, where. Um, it starts in uh, Lake Tahoe area and then heads um, up
0: to. Um, now, you w- tell us a little bit about the the Bronco that you're driving because you have a, you have a Bronco in the in the event, uh, and and there is something where these vehicles aren't really allowed to be modified, right?
6: Yep. So the the whole idea behind the Rebel Rally is that the vehicles must be stock. Um, we're gonna, we are driving a Bronco Sport, actually, which is the Bronco of small SUVs, uh, right. the smaller of the Bronco family. Um, we will be doing some slight, you know, allowable modifications, like um, some an auxiliary light bar from our sponsor, Rigid. Um, and we're going to be, of course, wrapping the vehicle in a really cool livery so that we, even if we, no matter how we finish, we're going to look really good, I can tell you that. <laughs> but other than that, everything is stuck.
0: That's perfect. Uh now, at the same time, the Bronco Sport has been probably the less-talked-about Bronco out of the three family members. Uh, you think it's up to up to the rally?
6: I do. I mean, um, you know, of course, it's not the traditional Bronco that everyone was waiting for and everyone remembers, but I think that in order to put the Bronco name on this vehicle, they made sure that it has all of the off-road capability that is expected of a Bronco. Um, you know, we'll have all-terrain um, tires. We will have seven um, GOAT modes, which are kind of, a GOAT stands for goes over all-terrain. Right. So um, we have, you know, seven different modes that automatically calibrate the vehicle based on the terrain that you're driving in. So I think um, it's a perfect vehicle for a novice off-roader like myself and like my partner. Um, so we're excited for uh, to have it on board as our third teammate.
0: I'm excited that the rally is really an inspiration for young women, isn't it?
6: Hmm. I mean, I can tell you from the training that we've done with former and current rebels. Um, it's such an amazing community of women. Um, this this women's off road community. They have been so welcoming, and just meeting them and seeing all they've accomplished has, is so inspiring for for me. And I keep saying, you know, it sounds kind of cheesy, but no matter no matter how we finish, we haven't even gotten to the rally yet. It's already been so rewarding to be a part of this community, even for just a little bit.
0: Now, tell us a little bit about your Rally partner. Um, sh- you know, you've been friends for 10 years.
6: hmm Actually, a little bit longer than that. There was a typo in the touch release. We've actually known each other for, like, 18 years. Wow. But, um, yeah, so we started our careers at the same um, advertising agency, and we, you know, knew each other there. And then we kind of went our separate ways. Uh, we kept in touch a little bit over Facebook. But, um We both then accepted jobs at Ford Motor Company um, a little over a year ago to work on the Bronco team, and we were reunited. And she's the one that approached me with this opportunity, and, you know, she said, I think it'd be really cool if we could enter a novice team. That's what what Bronco's all about, you know, making off-roading fun and accessible for everyone and helping novices have as much fun as experts. So I want to do this, and I want you to be my partner. And I said, I think you're crazy. (laughs) Let's
0: do it. I love it. Uh, awesome. So tell us a little bit uh, what, you know, because part of these partnerships is is also being yin and yang. You can't be good at everything, but you're good mm-hmm. at some things and your partner's good at other things. And then you become uh, sort of a, a single entity moving forward. So what do you bring to the party and what does she bring to the party?
6: Um, so So there's two roles in the navigation rally. You know, there's a driver and there's a navigator. Um, we went into this with both of us being new to both things, so we were, we really weren't quite sure what our strengths um, were. I think um, after the training that we've been doing, it's become a little bit more apparent that I'm uh, a more confident driver, especially in the sand dunes, and Jovina's a little bit better at navigating. So I think those will probably end up being our primary roles, but we both want to make sure that we know both roles because you know, especially with us not doing this all of the time, like you know it's very easy for fatigue to set in or you know if we do get lost um i think it'll be helpful for us to put our heads together to uh to get out to get out of our jam
0: so tell us a little bit about uh the you know how long the race is and what happens at night i mean you obviously don't drive 24 hours so you have to sleep no. and where do you sleep and how does that work
6: yeah so um the the race is 8 days long and i believe there are four base camps and there's also a marathon stage. So on the nights we have base camp, um, we'll, we'll be tent camping every night, um, I'll say that. And then um, on the nights we have base camp, there are facilities, um, restrooms, things like that. There's food. Um, and then during the marathon stage, uh, we self camp um, on our own. Uh,
0: the marathon stage, tell me about that because I'm already frightened. <laughs> 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 me
6: too. <laughs> um, it's, it's just, uh, it, the, the marathon stage is basically just just um, that the fact that there's no base camp and that it's kind of, you know, y- your your night is kind of factored into your. You you need to manage that time as well. Where normally, you know, you you're back at six. Um, that's when dinner serves. Like here on this one, you could go as long as you want and get as many checkpoints as you want um, before you turn in for the night. So, so if you're comfortable driving at night, you could do that.
0: Let me ask you this question. And it's because inquiring minds want to know. What's the bathroom situation on the rally?
6: Um, like I said, I think there are there are facilities at base camp, but I mean during the day. I mean it's. <laughs>
3: It is sand the, 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 right?
6: The largest bush you can find.
0: I'm sure the words "Do you see anybody else around?" have come up once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Cats There's come to mind. You know, plenty of wipes on board. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm actually probably out for two. I'm glad men aren't allowed to take part in this because I'm out for two reasons: the whole camping thing and the whole uh, no, you know no bathroom things. I'm too old Are to do that. Are you prima donna over yeah, there? Just yeah. like glamping is about. It, no cable TV is glamping. roughing it for me. Yeah. no cable tv is roughing it for me i have to tell you Uh, it's it's well i listen i have to take my hat off to you um how do you think you'd uh, have you got to meet some of the other competitors in this race or have you been studying them
6: yeah um so we we have two other Ford teams um four sponsor teams one being shelby hall uh rod hall's granddaughter and she has a an experienced navigator um joining her and then we have alana Fair, who is an automotive journalist. Um, she's a truck driver. And um, she has an experienced partner as well, Betsy Anderson, who also has driven a lot uh, in Baja uh, Sonora. So um, we, I, we, we, we've been talking to them a lot. We've been kind of planning together and training a little bit together. Uh, we'll be meeting up with them early, early before the race starts
4: so that we
6: can, so experience, people who have done the result before can help us and then as I mentioned last week we were out in the meeting with um
0: I think I think uh, Erica we seem to have uh, we lost your cell phone signal unfortunately because you got a little far away from the phone but uh, that's Erica Martin uh, she is the marketing communications manager uh, for Ford driving the New Broncos sport um, from, that is doing part of the rebel rally this uh, 1242 mile rally event uh, the true test of strengths. Um, for all of those women drivers, a ten, you know, eight to ten day competition in the desert of Nevada and California. Uh, I personally am out. Jen,
3: I think it'd be great.
0: Do you? Oh yeah. Well, let's find you a car and yeah. a partner and a sponsor. Yeah. Anybody out there want to sponsor Jen to do the Rebel Rally? Yeah. Perhaps you could take one of your trucks.
3: That's what I was thinking. My big uh, mama's rust bucket. Mama's- <laughs> Is that what I you call it? Yeah, my old truck, yeah. Mama's Rust Bucket. <laughs> Mama's Entering Rush the bucket. Rebel Rally. Who would be your <laughs> drive partner?
0: Do you have someone that you would drive partner with?
3: Oh, I don't know. I'd have to really think about what? that. Kelly, because, your sister. Yeah, but you got to remember. Well, yeah, maybe Kelly. She'd be really good at navigating, but she gets car sick. So, yeah, I'd have to really think about what that. What is
0: it with your family car sick?
3: I don't know. I, I <laughs> I my dad does too. Really? <laughs> and your your mom yeah she can't read in the car either maybe it's a genetic thing i don't know
0: yeah clearly (laughs) (laughs) none of you good co-drivers by the way fine left here (laughs) right here (laughs) i can just imagine how i don't know
3: being stuck with somebody for that long a time in stressful situations you would definitely have to have a really good partner
0: 10 days with your sister who would win
3: we're not even gonna go there. <laughs> 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 Would there be tears? Oh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Are you horrible to each other when you get nasty?
3: Uh, no, no, we're not. We just don't talk to each other. Silence.
0: Uh, it's not very good when you're navigating for someone. Exactly. For well, to come on the show, we're gonna gonna talk about the vehicles that we've been driving. Plus, we'll talk about the new Jeep 4xe. You're listening to our auto expert. This is Our Auto Expert radio show, celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the world's car radio show. It has a problem, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is Our Auto Expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Dick Miles, along with Truck Girl Jen. Um, Let me just tell you, Truck Girl Jen,
3: Mm -hmm.
0: would you ever consider changing your name to SUV Girl Jen?
3: Mm, Sports car is better. Sports car girl Jen or... Sports
0: car car yeah. getting done. <laughs> <laughs> Sports car getting, No, it doesn't work.
3: Hypercar? Hypercar, Jen?
0: Yeah. And how many hypercars do you own?
3: I don't need to own any. <laughs> oh. Oh. Is
0: that how it works? Why not? Um, all right. So I have to tell you, I had the most amazing time in Palm Springs. Yeah. Area. I heard. Actually, La Quinta, um, driving the brand new uh, Land Rover Defender. Gonna buy one. Just gotta have one. They are, they're me. They're rough, they're rugged, they're refined, they're connected, they have loads of tech, but at the same time, you can hose them out with a hose bite. Perfect for dogs, perfect for my lifestyle. Mr. Motorcycle owner here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's just absolutely incredible. I took it on the sand dunes in the desert. And uh, what are you rolling your eyes at me for?
3: Because you always get to do the really cool stuff. I do. <laughs> uh,
0: There was a gentleman who was on the trip who'd never been off-road before, Mm -hmm. and they made the fatal mistake of sticking him behind the lead car. Oh, no. So let's just say he had to do things several times to get them right, and I'm sitting there, and (sighs) we're going up really—it's hot, 110 degrees. Yeah. We're going up really, really soft sand. Oh, wow. And so if you stop, Mm -hmm. you sink. And you stop, you can feel the vehicle sink. And he stopped. He stopped.
3: And I'm like, no, 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 please, no, 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 stop!
0: And then we all, I just like a row of defenders, like nine defenders
3: sunk. sunk. <laughs> well, did it get you out?
0: Shovel time! Oh no, there's no way you get out when it sinks up to the <laughs> axle. You don't get out of that. Yeah, huh. it was. We had to back out to get harder sand. And once you get moving, it's fine. But you can't sit there. You just feel the sand just give way. It's soft. It's hot sounds uh, like we away. need some
3: more engineering details put back in the vehicle.
0: Uh, no, I mean it's a really capable vehicle and it it got itself out um, of the soft sand except for him he had to be dug
3: out. So with, I have a and, question yeah. then. So do you like the Defender or the G-Wagon better?
0: Oh, the G-Wagon's a So they cross I know they're shop different they, classes. they cross shop them. They they are the same size of vehicle. You cross shop them, but the G-Wagon I think starts at like 135,000, uh-huh. the Defender starts at 50. Yeah. Big difference. I well, could get, I I'm could just get asking. one G wagon or three Defenders.
3: Which <laughs> do you like better, though?
0: Um, I will have a Defender because okay. it's reasonably priced. I, I was looking. I bought a i i bought Mustang Marquee.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I ordered it, and uh, it was sixty four thousand dollars, something like that. By the time I put everything on it, mm-hmm. don't worry, I'll be paying it for twenty five years. And like twenty five. put it on your house. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And I look at the defender I want, and it's like seventy-one, and I'm thinking,
3: hmm. you know, um, just saying. Yeah, you really can't fit the dogs in the Mach-E. Yeah, I think you can. I, All I think, five no, of I, them. I think, I
0: think you possibly can because, five. yeah, when you put the back seats down, it's an SUV. It's got big space. You put the back the seats Mach-E? down. The Mach-E It's an SUV.
3: Okay.
0: It's um, it's the first Mustang Mustang SUV, and you put the back down, and you have plenty of room in there. Okay. Um, but I, I would have more room in there than I probably would have in the Defender. Okay. I'd have to put the seats down in the Defender just to get the five dogs in, too. Mm. Um, but it's and there's two kinds of Defender. There's the 110, which is the long one, and there's the 90, which is the short one. Small Everybody likes the two-door 90. They'll probably come up with a convertible one in the future. That's going to be the sexy car. But the colors are so amazing. So I don't know how much you know about Land Rover and their colors. But Land Rover originally was conceived um, using aircraft parts. So they took old aircraft parts, and they built a vehicle out of them. And so the colors that the RAF had had in the Second World War were this blue and green, which are the right. famous blue and green that you see. remember the blue. They've reflected those in the new colors of the Defender, and they look amazing. Do they? They also have white, which I'm very partial to because my dad had a white Defender in the 70s. But it looks really nice, and the tail light is amazing. It's really hard to explain, but it has the brake lights down the side of the door, and then it has hips that come out from there, and they have extra light on the hips so you know the width of the vehicle. So the brake lights are actually on the inside. Are you Googling the back end of the Land Rover Defender? Yeah, I wanted
3: to see what you are talking about. They're really, oh, that is really cool.
0: nice. Um, it's, just not, it's just rugged, it's manly, it's a four-cylinder or a six-cylinder. I should say aggressive. Manly is an inappropriate word. It's, it's aggressive, it's capable, it's capable on-road. And you know what? I was surprised at the r- drive on-road. You know how Rolls-Royce prides himself uh, of a magic carpet ride? Uh-huh. This has air suspension. Uh-huh. And let me tell you, mm. the ride is phenomenal just so smooth on road so smooth on road uh, if you want to see my review it'll be up in uh, on on our website this week ourautoexpert.com i you like it
3: i like the fascia
0: it looks really nice it i does. also got to drive the brand new f type um from uh when i dr- i went from the airport in los angeles out to palm springs and i drove it there by the way that's a drive which is a soulless drive uh, driving from the airport but but it was interesting being able to drive that uh, vehicle as well. The new F-Type, they've really refined it. And it was an extremely fun drive as well.
3: Did you have the 575 horsepower? No, V8? that's the R. I had, oh.
0: I had the 300.com 300 80. Huh. 380 horsepower. Which, by the way, if you put it into the dynamic mode, yeah. uh, it, it's, it has the gurgle.
3: Yeah, we call that different things. What do you call it? I'm not even going to go there.
0: Something rude.
3: Inappropriate for the air.
0: Uh, Ford's new CEO promises more val- uh, more affordable vehicles for North America. Uh, further steps towards electrification on autonomous systems and mobility are the forthcoming uh, items that uh, Ford has promised. Their new CEO officially announced that. Jim Farley has a positive track record for Ford going back to 2007. And his tenure is uh, as the top spot in Ford uh, begins to start his tenure with the company. Uh, has been well documented. Aside from the management shakeup that includes a new uh, chief financial officer, the automaker is is keen to give customers. What they want, I think, as part of uh, a new way forward for Ford. Part of the formula is adding more affordable offerings to North American buyers. Uh, what exactly does more affordable mean? Well, the obvious answer is vehicles which uh, lower sticker price. But, uh, but Ford, I think, is also considering value-added features such as technology upgrades and long-term cost of ownership into the equation. It's all part of Ford's plan to achieve sustainable and, and really adjust its pre-tax earnings for, uh, you know, around 8%, which also includes sending more cash to profitable segments and expanding its commercial business, among other things. You know, they do make the F-150, which has been the best-selling vehicle in North America for a considerable amount of time as well. Uh, those items are news. By the way, um, are we going to go and uh, test drive 0-60s to 60s in the uh, Chevy Bolt EV when we're done here? Sir?
3: Oh, you're not going to on the We'll let
0: you know me? the results. I'll, I'll be in the clock, up. You will?
3: Yeah. You won't
0: throw up, though, will you? <laughs> <laughs> you're
2: listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast.
0: Your smart speaker can be your radio. Just say, hey, Google, or hey, Alexa, or hey, Siri. Play Our Auto Expert. Here we go. My phone's... Here we go. Stop. 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 Go away. from All previous episodes of the podcast are available. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles. This is our Auto Expert Radio Show, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. They get it all from our Auto Expert, Truck Girl Jen here along with me. I hopefully you'll be SUV Girl Jen when you uh, get to have a go in the brand new Jeep uh, 4xe, which is their uh, electric, plug-in electric. I love the Rubicon bit. You do? Yeah. Who doesn't? Who doesn't love a Rubicon? I I know someone else that loves a Rubicon, too. Mm -hmm. jim morrison the head of the jeep brand joining us on the phone to talk about uh definitely uh, on the back of the news jim that california is not going to allow sales of any gasoline engine cars as of uh, 2035 i think it is uh at that point uh you're already making the first steps to electrifying uh, your brand and the jeep 4xe is uh when, when will we actually be able to buy it jim
7: well, we're going to start production of the uh, the Wrangler 4 x e at the end of this year, and and uh, customers will be able to see them in dealerships uh, in the first quarter of next year.
0: Uh, I'm excited about this. You've actually been in one. You've been driving one, uh, testing it out. What's the, what's the real world, you know, real world driving like of this vehicle?
7: Well, you know, the uh, the real world driving is what you'd expect from a Wrangler all the open air feeling of fun and excitement, but then it brings to you. Um, even more torque than you can imagine, um, and uh, and complete quiet. So whether you're you know um, driving around um, town or whether you're driving it up a rock, uh, it's you know done with complete silence with the most torque ever. You know 470 pound feet of torque is a ton of torque, so it's a blast to drive. Uh, but it does it in a way that no other vehicle can with uh, with the capability of a Wrangler and the fun uh, to drive that you'd expect from a Jeep.
0: So I'm I'm going to guess when you're in electric only mode, that's 25 miles of uh, nearly uh, nearly 25 miles of electric driving. I'm I'm wondering is that silent when you're driving along? Is it a little bit eerie having a Wrangler that doesn't make any noise?
7: Yeah, it is. You know, when when it's in uh, when it's in regular or four high, it uh, it has the um, you know the pedestrian detection sort of hum you know that you have, so you can hear a little bit of that, a little bit of tire noise. Uh, but what's really cool is you put it in four low and you're you know, you know, driving around, um, you know, off road, it's completely quiet, and uh, you know, the the uh, the experience is like something I've uh, I've never had before. And then you step on the gas, and it's got all of that torque, and it just flies. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun.
0: I like the idea of electric vehicles because uh, because of the amount of sort of instantaneous speed and the amount of torque. To uh, the opportunity has the opportunity arisen for you to take this off roading yet?
7: Oh yeah, no. Trust me, I've uh, pushed it really hard, and and uh, we have a, an off road park that's really about five minutes from my house, and and uh, there's a really cool 45 and 50 degree uh, incline uh, that that uh, it's it's kind of like a, a chunk of Moab, and and uh, you know they, uh, the first time I had had it, I went halfway up and stopped. Um, my wife was in the jeep with me, and and everyone's looking, it's like, oh, what you doing? <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to stop halfway up. An event like that, and I was like trust me, I know what the engineers have done with this thing. It'll it'll be amazing. So uh, up we went, and um, it was uh, it was incredible. So uh, it's a pure Jeep, and you know it, it took us a little bit longer to get to market with uh, with our first electric uh, vehicle because we needed to be true to what Jeep customers expect from us, and, and we needed it to be a really capable vehicle. and And I think we've done it with four by e
0: do you think there's a there's a proposition for all electric Jeeps in the future?
7: You know the, that's our plan. You know we uh, we're starting with the Wrangler uh, here uh, in America. We've already launched in Europe the um, uh, the Compass and the Renegade, and um, you know the, uh, the the plan is to have uh, all Jeeps uh, electric. And uh, you know the the future is is uh, coming to be more and more electric, like you said. And, uh, and we've got a solid plan. We want to be the, the greenest SUV brand in the world, and, and certainly electric is the way to get there.
0: Uh, I like the idea as well. Is there a reason that nobody seems to have ever done a diesel hybrid plug-in electric? Is it just too expensive? You know,
7: I think that's the, the, uh, the probably the main uh, inhibitor. We looked at it, and interesting enough the. I've got a Gladiator diesel, EcoDiesel in my driveway, and, and uh, you know, I'm pulling 25 miles per gallon all the time with that thing, um, which is just incredible, um, you know, and, and so you combine that with, uh, with hybrid, it would be a great, uh, a great connection, but I think the, 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 the combination of the torques are probably just overwhelming for most uh, powertrains to handle, and then, the, you know, the added cost of the diesel on top of the, uh, the electric technology would be really cool but it would be uh, would be very very expensive
0: do we uh, do we expect uh, or do you have pricing already are we getting pricing for the uh, 4xe
7: yeah we're going to announce pricing in november so uh, we haven't uh, haven't come out with that yet but one of the cool things about uh, wrangler is um, it has the uh, the best uh, residual you know all of the time i mean it's, it's incredible how these things hold their value so you know add on that you know the ability to add a $7,500 you know, seventy five hundred dollar um,
0: tax you know,
7: credit yeah. uh, tax credit to to a lease uh, these things are, are going to be incredibly reasonable for uh for uh, any customer to uh, uh to lease so it's going to be a, an interesting proposition because I think it's the first time ever in the marketplace anyone's really put together something with a very very strong residual and uh in an electric powertrain
0: is it going to be available in all trims or is it going to have its own special trim
7: it's going to uh uh, being three trims, is going to be a 4xE, an entry-level 4xE, and there's going to be a Sahara 4xE and a Rubicon 4xE. All of them will bring with it, you know, kind of the blue badging, the blue accents, um, right down to the Rubicon having a blue hood patch signal and blue tow hooks, you know, nice uh, nice differentiators, not just the charge cord, it's you know, you'll be able to tell at uh, 50 miles an hour whether you're going down the PCH or the, the um I seventy five in in uh, Michigan. You you can tell, hey, that's a little bit of a different Jeep, right. and uh, you know that's nice.
0: And it's it's going to be fairly generous to the wallet as well. Uh, good fuel economy.
7: Well, yeah. the The, uh, the nice thing is it's uh, fifty mpge or better. We haven't got the final final from the EPA, but we're expecting it to start with a uh, a high four or a low five. You know, which is which is really incredible um, when you combine the amount of capability that comes with it and it does zero to 60 in like six seconds so put it in perspective um i mean it's not a ferrari people think you know when you say zero to 60 expect you know crazy numbers but this is a wrangler it's 20 percent quicker um than a uh, than a v6 wrangler so um it's uh, it's really fun to drive and pull in it, um an all-electric range of um you know probably um 20 20 to 25 and then when you combine it with the gas you almost you know, 375, 400 miles of combined range, it's uh, it's got a lot to
0: offer. So uh, these vehicles, you know, obviously arriving, uh, starting at the beginning of next year for most people, is it going to be an even distribution around the country? Because I know already these are super necessary if you want HOV lane stickers in California. You you know, that's going to be a market, uh, California, Oregon, Washington, uh, and then some spotted PZEV states around the United States are going to be the uptake markets for this initially. Is it going to, it's presumably made in Ohio, uh, in Ohio, where the rest of the jeeps are made is it going to uh, filter out from there or is it going to be concentrated on on the west coast well you know
7: the uh the demand has been very strong in the west coast i think they understand electric vehicles a little better and uh you know the the uh the combination of you know fuel economy uh, better for the environment and all of that stuff so that certainly we're going to focus a lot of uh the distribution uh to start with there Uh, but we do think it's going to have Kind of broad uh, geographical ge- geographic acceptance, and we can kind of see that from the stats from the launch as well. You know, people even you know in um, in the Northeast are, are drawn to the uh, to the technology, but uh, for sure the, uh, um, you know, the the guys in California and the in the West are going to be a, uh, a strong a strong market for this Jeep.
0: And is it made on the regular Wrangler lines, or is it uh, is it made somewhere it else?
7: Yeah, no, it's made. Uh, Great right in uh, Toledo, uh, Ohio, uh, about a uh, about an hour here uh, from the home of the brand in uh, in Michigan, and um, you know it's they the, uh, they're testing them now and and um, they're uh, they're running uh, down the lines uh, every day. So it's uh, you know, the, the guys are working really hard at uh, bringing this to market.
0: So. You know, one of the things that I think that Jeep's always had the pleasure of is lines when, you know, except for COVID, lines have been always at capacity. I mean, as many Wranglers as you make, you you tend to sell. I mean, you've had some amazing sales months with Wranglers recently. Is this going to take up, if they're on the same lines, is it going to take up space which would uh, then put, you know, remove some opportunities to have gas or diesel ones? Uh, Because you're already pretty much at capacity, aren't you?
7: We are, you know, just uh, had our, our, uh, our best uh, the month of September ever for, uh, for Wrangler sales. So I need to say thanks to those guys and girls on the line at the, uh, the Toledo assembly plant. They're actually working right now here on the weekend, you know, to try to keep up with, uh, with you know, the, uh, the demand kind of restocking our, uh, our dealers. But uh, they're going to work extra hard, I think, next year to, to uh, stay on top of that so that we can keep, uh, you know, as many gas. Uh, Wranglers going and and add to it with the uh, add to it with the four by
0: eight. I'm kind of like the idea of these vehicles. If I want to um, order one now, is it through the dealer or can we go online and do reservations?
7: The uh, the dealers will be taking orders uh, starting in November.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to actually look forward to that happening as well. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a chance to test drive them soon. Hope is that on the plan?
7: Yeah, the plan is uh, December at some, at some time. You know, if, if everything comes together, we're still trying to work out all of the details with, you know, the social distancing. Right. and you know, How do you do that and drive? Right, <laughs> and right. For somebody, and, and, all right. Uh, you know, causing the bubble problems. But, uh, you know, looking forward to uh, experiencing that with you because I'm sure you'll uh, you'll like that. We'll be able to uh, yeah uh, really enjoy that together.
0: Yeah, put me on the list. Jim Morrison, he is the guy at the top of the chain of Jeep and uh, the 4xe, the new Jeep Wrangler. I want one, I think. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Your smart speaker can be your radio. Just say, hello, Google, hello, Alexa, or hey, Siri, our auto expert radio show. Play it all. And the previous episodes of the podcast are available. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles. This is our auto expert radio show, along with truck girl, Jan, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily from our auto expert. Joining us on the phone, the other half of our auto expert, Mike Codell, who has been kissing some bricks. Is that right? So
3: awesome.
1: That is correct. I have been kissing some bricks uh, for the past 4 days. You will both be incredibly jealous as I stand here talking to you right now. I am in Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the coveted brickyard and home of the Indy 500. Are
0: you uh are, are you actually getting a chance to see some racing going on?
1: I I am. I've spent uh, 3 days here. I watched the GT4 race, the TC race, foreign car race. And then uh, I've had a chance to watch the uh, go fast cars with the Indy cars going around the track. Kelly lucas Nevis, Jimmy Johnson made an announcement that he will be racing in IndyCar from Indy car permanently next year from NASCAR. So yeah, a lot of great stuff here uh, at the track.
0: If you take a deep breath, Mike, can you smell uh, racing fuel?
1: Uh, I have been elbows deep in as many pits as I can with racing fuel and. Uh, you know, I got to tell you, man, it, it, this is a bucket list for me. I, I'd never been to this track. My home track was uh, Sears Point uh, up in Northern California, which is where I'm from. And uh, this track is awesome. It's so big, so massive. And uh, listen to this. They normally pack in 350,000 people here on a race weekend for something like the 500 And with coronavirus, they are allowing in 10,000 people a day for a total of. 40,000
0: people over the course of days uh, no oh, boo that's it's, pro- it's probably sad for a lot of people who are looking forward to uh, being part of the indie races and and uh, and couldn't be as well uh, I do know I went down to the Indianapolis Speedway uh, the last uh, probably about five years ago or four years ago to uh, drive the the Dodge Durango SRT when that first came out and uh, and also the the Hellcat um, and one of the interesting thing was um, I went and kissed the bricks, uh, as you do when you go to the racetrack, and got dirty looks from drivers because apparently <laughs> you're only. At well, one time, you're only supposed to kiss the bricks when you won. Everybody else is allowed to stand and take pictures, but you only kiss them if you won. Well, I kissed them. Ah, there you go. <laughs> so uh, I, I never, I've never washed my lips since. Did uh, you, you? know.
3: Didn't you also drive with Andretti?
0: Uh, uh we had the opportunity to drive with Andretti. Yeah. In fact, it was uh, Andretti that was very upset that we kissed the bricks. Oh, but that's yeah. a whole That's a whole different a whole story. Day. <laughs> uh Mike, do you ever think you get the chance to drive the speedway?
5: Uh
0: I won't this weekend, but
1: at some point I will. If I was willing to stick around uh through tomorrow, there's a chance I you know, of course, uh, as you know Nick, I've uh, got a 2021 chevy corvette stingray coupe in my possession for the week that i'm test driving and every time uh, by the way i gotta tell you guys, you guys this is the best part about this car at a track like this is that when you drive in nobody asks for credentials nobody <laughs> cares about parking passes like i'm staring at the car right now i pass, just drive past everyone and i park wherever i want and i walk away nobody cares
0: isn't that awesome? And <laughs> Mike might called me the other day to tell me that that they were just waving him through when he was coming to the racetrack. Um, is well, I mean, It's either that or they recognise you from from uh, Fox and Friends. Yeah, that's it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know,
1: yeah, that's that's where it really is. Guys, hey, that's
0: uh, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> Not right, happening. Right. Uh, um, the the races that go on this weekend uh, is is it sort of up and up and running? Uh, even though with a limited audience now, is the racetrack back open and people are uh, uh, going down there on a regular basis or? Or is this just a one-off special event
1: yeah so no this is this is all so there, you got a couple different things happening you have the sro which stands for stefan retell uh, organization that's a special series so that's gp 4 and tc they rent the track for half of the event and then indycar uh has the rest of the the weekend so uh, by the way you guys are going to hear the cars light up uh here any second they're about in fact they're starting up right now but uh, you have see all kinds of different kinds of racing, right? So you want to see BMWs? They're out there. You can see those as well. But of course, right now the Indy cars are firing up, and they're getting ready to take the track. And uh, every time I come through, they say, "Hey, you got to put some stickers on that. Get on the track." <laughs> uh, it's one of those things. So, hey, you got to get out there. It's like, oh man, nobody will let me out. Uh,
0: I will tell you that it, it might void your uh, it might void your loan agreement yeah. from uh, from Chevrolet if you do that. They might not be very it's happy with you. Cool. <laughs> And well, I will I will tell you guys, so uh,
1: being from the auto industry, it's not just about racing, so I've been kind of hawking my way through the spin, and uh, I, I thought it was kind of, some kind of cool technology, so uh, I'm sure you've followed Thanos Racing over the years, Dan Thanos and dad John, very uh, you know legendary in the auto industry, and uh, I, was, I was walking through their booth, and I got uh, into a discussion with Dan and uh, some other gentlemen. So they're are one of the only race teams to integrate some magnesium components into their vehicles, and uh, it's kind of unique. So if you think about aluminum or as Nick would say, aluminium. It's <laughs> something uh, kind of new. They're, they these guys are trying to meet with uh, different race teams to prove what happens on the racetrack with this lightweight material to then be put in vehicles in the future. But uh, really, really cool kind of to, to learn about it. I think it's uh, Galaxy Magnesium. They're kind of trying to get into the racing scene, and they're doing it through Thanos. So I'm you learn all this crazy stuff when you're out here at the track. I,
0: I love that idea, by the way, of magnesium, although it has to be fireproof, because I do remember in chemistry class at school when we lit magnesium, it did burn pretty bright, but they'll have to put a component so in that. So that,
1: so that was the first question I asked, right? <laughs> I was like, hey, Does that, hey, that magnesium stuff. I remember in chemistry class, it burned. So <laughs> right. that's this case. So, so the way they create this alloy is stronger uh, than you would have expected, and then when it comes to the the fire retardant, you're not going to deal with the same issues that you would have dealt with right. uh, in the past with magnesium. So right. uh, they're working, you know, they're working to make it uh, a viable product in the auto industry.
0: Well, so now Jen has two reasons to hate you. One is because you have a C8, and the second one is that you're in Indianapolis. You'd see her rolling her eyes uh, every time you mention it because she's not there with you. She's super, super jealous. And Jen, I also wanted to. <laughs>
1: Everybody hates me. <laughs> <laughs> I have tears. <laughs> hey, <laughs> cl- hey, line up. Line up. You're 40,000 people deep to hate me there. Join the list. Join
0: the list join the list you're awesome Mike Codell yep. is at the Indianis- Indianapolis Motor Speedway uh, you can read his stuff and watch all of his videos at ourautoexpert.com I would like to say too, uh, uh, congratulations to Louis A. Uh, Pericarpi who is uh, part of the mini team got his first position yesterday uh, got first place in the TC race uh, so he's been racing TC America rounds 15 and 16 at in the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and uh, the team's done really well congratulations and amazing 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 20 years of trying to get first position and uh, he finally made it to more our auto expert on the way exciting news standby you're listening to the our auto expert podcast catch up with previous episodes of the show our website is ourautoexpert.com you can hear all the past shows, see automotive videos and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Uh, he joins us every single week to talk about the latest topics in automotive, also autonomous driving, and of course, the business side of the automotive industry. Anton Warman, he's an independent analyst and investor. and You can read the majority of his stuff at The Street or Seeking Alpha. Anton, September numbers are in. So, Let's start with Tesla, who you are probably the uh, the best expert on in the country. Tesla, good or bad or indifferent as far as sales numbers are?
8: Well, the number they reported was uh, essentially in line with the market expectations. They reported a, a hair under 140,000 cars sold for the September quarter. The mystery comes when we try to reconcile that number, with the numbers that have been reported in the individual countries around the world, and of course, we don't have some of the countries reporting individual numbers, most notably, for example, the United States. But in several of the countries in Europe, where Tesla has already reported, um, it doesn't add up to a number that would suggest 140,000 for the quarter. Uh, In Europe, they would have sold certainly no more than approximately 30,000 units for the quarter. And then when we look at China, uh, those September numbers are not in, but we actually have numbers for July and August. And if we do some extrapolation and some reasonable guesses there, it looks like China was probably not much more than about 40,000 for the quarter. So 30,000 for Europe, 40,000 for China, that leaves us with the other half, the other 70,000, coming from the United States and the rest of the world. And it's a little hard to get there, but I guess it's not impossible. But it's something that we are going to have to reconcile here uh, as we uh, get the remaining numbers. Uh,
0: interestingly enough, the, where is the vehicle sold um, for, You know, apart from the United States? Where else is it sold?
8: Well, obviously in uh, yeah, yeah. Canada, all of
0: Europe, okay. we have
8: um, Australia, New Zealand, South Korea, and a small number of other countries. So those are the main points. Uh, those are the main, main, uh, the main places.
0: And even if those other countries, excluding China and Europe, uh, you, you extrapolate those numbers, you probably aren't going to come to more than 10,000?
8: Well, some of them, I mean, you could see uh, more than a handful of thousand units perhaps coming from South Korea, which has been a very good market for Tesla starting at the very end of 2019. Uh, But yeah, the totality of it it means that the United States as a country uh, would have to be the major swing factor. And we've seen reports from all over the country where uh, many of these uh, Tesla uh, sales locations have been full of cars and usually they're all gone by the last day of the of the quarter but this time around you go to these lots and i've personally seen at least one of them and there are you know hundreds of cars sitting there at the end of the quarter and you have to ask yourself um something didn't get sold here so what happened or at least they didn't get delivered to regular consumers was there a secret fleet sale that occurred somewhere in the background where Tidal actually shifted on these cars, but they were never removed from the lots. Something here is going on that is not uh, visible to the naked eye. It, is, there, uh,
0: is is it thinkable that Tesla made a calculation error in reporting?
8: No, I don't think so. They, this is not a calculation error. The question is only to the extent that, uh, of which they may have done one or more fleet sales in multiple geographies around the world in which Tidal could have been shifted from uh, Tesla to a buyer that isn 't like your usual Joe six pack who just goes out and picks up one car and drives it off the lock, but rather that they 've said hey we 're taking these four hundred cars over here, and uh, you know we we'll, we'll, uh, we'll take physical possession of them maybe a little bit later.
0: Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Volkswagen. We had Mark Gillies on earlier on today, talking about the ID. Four. It seems to have got a great reaction in the United States with its unveiling, uh, even though they only have an early prototype model here. Those people that have seen it and uh, the stats look really good, and it looks like maybe uh, four thousand of them uh, are on pre-order so far. It could be more, but that's the number that's uh, seen. But the model, the ID. Three, which is their uh, earlier model, only for sale in Europe. Uh, uh, many countries around Europe uh, looking at September sales for that. Uh, where are we standing with VW's ID3 in Europe? Well, the sales in Europe started around September 10th,
8: and in uh, a large number of the European countries here, just in the last three weeks, it became easily the number one best selling all electric car in um, several of the countries in Europe. So they're off to a good start, and um, uh, we think that that will continue. Uh, for almost as long as the eye can see here, clearly the ID4 will also begin deliver. It's in Europe uh, only within the next uh, month or two. So we're getting it here in the U.S. at the end of December. Europe gets it at least a month, month and a half before then. And uh, they're going to be adding one success story after the next in terms of their electric cars. And of course they have an entire portfolio of electric cars inside the Volkswagen group. Already we had the Audi e-tron and the Porsche Taycan to name just a couple of the ones at the high end. But on this new, dedicated platform, the M E D platform on which the I D three and the IV four are built, will also come models specifically for Europe proper built by Skoda and Seat. And you, you those will have an impact in the European sales par sales charts to be sure.
0: Uh, Polestar 2 is competing for the number three and number four BEV spot in many countries in Europe after the uh, VW ID. Three and the Tesla Model 3, Uh, plus perhaps one more such as the Kia Niro. Uh, Off to a good start for Polestar now, looking to get their uh, Polestar 2 into people's hands?
8: That's right. So uh, we already saw that in the month of August, which was uh, really its first month of full sales in Europe did it extremely well, and that has continued into September, so after the Volkswagen ID three and the Tesla Model 3, which usually finishes the quarter with a strong last month, in this case September, obviously, um, the uh, Pulsar 2 was certainly strong competition for the number three spot in terms of being the best seller in Europe, and that's pretty good for a car that is not like a low-end, uh, one of the least expensive cars in the range, but rather one that starts uh, not too far from the
0: $60,000 mark. You know, uh, the big American 3 seem to sort of be dicing with, uh, you know, playing a little bit with electricity, uh, but not really getting into it too deep. And we have the marquee, we have the be- uh, the uh, the BEV from uh, Chevrolet, which is the Bolt EV, which I happen to be driving this week. Uh, but we don't seem to have seen uh, a commercially available uh, vehicle from FCA, really. And we have the plug-in hybrid Jeep by 4, uh, 4 by e Jeep, uh, the Wrangler, but uh, we don't seem to have a BEV coming from them is that likely in the next few years yeah
8: so uh, we had the fiat 500e which they really discontinued from the u.s market recently and there's an all-new 500e that just started selling in europe in the last month or so and it's already making itself up the charts in europe but not yet with a gigantic impact Uh, mostly otherwise it's plug-in hybrids in europe we have the plug-in hybrid versions of the jeep renegade and the jeep compass both of them built in italy Jeeps built in Italy where uh, the good general landed there in the spring of 1943 in a Jeep, as I recall from the archived video footage. And uh, they uh, they basically have uh, started selling them in a few countries in Europe, including the Netherlands, which has good subsidies for plug-in hybrids right now. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they're making themselves in there with those. And, uh there the other models coming in a year or two, but those are going to be the main sellers for the next uh, 12 or so months in Europe for the FCA group.
0: Uh, Volvo announcing their version of the Polestar 2 called the XC40 Recharge. That has begun production in Belgium and uh, will have sales and deliveries very close to the end of the year. Uh, is this going to be a big seller in Europe and in the rest of the world?
8: Well, in Europe, it's going to be a home run because, of course, Volvo is a very strong brand in Europe, and the XC40 in general has been an enormous success for Volvo. Uh, I think it'll do quite okay in the U.S., too, for as far as it goes. Uh, I think the sales expectations in the U.S. in terms of the volumes that they're going to be able to garner may be a little bit lower, as they are for almost all of these electric cars. But uh, we will, make, you know, we'll see how many they even allocate to to be sold in the U.S. market. It's not clear to me that they have ambitions to sell more than a couple of thousand of these cars here for the next year. But in Europe, they'll sell every one they can produce. That's to be sure. Uh,
0: Nissan jumping into the U.S. market with their second BEV. They obviously have the Leaf, which is the most famous, uh, probably the most famous BEV in the United States, uh, and one of the best sellers. Uh, but they're coming with their new Aria. Um, that's on its way. Is there any signs of other manufacturers now getting ready to announce production and the marketing of their new BEVs?
8: Well, all the automakers are coming to market with something. But, you know, the reasoning is simple: uh, well, even if they don't want to, they have to. So, absolutely, every automaker over the next year or two will have a, not just one, but two or three or four or five models. Um, but the Nissan Aria is still about a year away before it hits the U.S. showrooms. I don't think it'll be—we have—we're going to see physical deliveries in the U.S. until about the October timeframe of next year. It will be made initially uh, just in Japan, uh, and maybe sometime after 2021, also in other locations in the U.S. and in the U.K. But initially, it's going to be a Japanese-made product, and it looks good, of course, and it's competing head-on with the. Um, a Volkswagen four, as well as the Volvo, the Volvo XC40 recharge that we just talked about. So those are all these uh, compact SUV segments that is, of course, the hottest of them all in terms of being a, a catch-all, in terms of capturing most type of mainstream families from uh,
0: really all major continents. In the last few seconds that we have left, do you think that uh, Governor Newsom's announcement that no more gasoline vehicles sold in the United States by uh, 2030 for California is that going to make a, a, an accelerate electrics or not?
8: Uh,
0: I don't think that it will in the near
8: term because, first of all, uh, the legal status. Uh, of uh, that pronouncement, it's a little bit unclear, it's a bit far out, and there are, and I think the automakers are largely set anyway on developing these cars, and the question is not so much how many of these variants they will de- uh, they will develop over the next 5 to 10 years, but rather how many
0: of them they will produce. So, they'll have uh, 10 or 12 models, but uh, how many of each of them will they actually make? Anton Wallman, independent an- investor and analyst, read your stuff at the street or seeking alpha. More on Our Auto Expert to come. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. This is Our Auto Expert radio show. On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you can start a conversation with us and ask a car question. Just direct messages at Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. Now, when it comes to luxury cars that give you a real zing and enjoyment when you're driving them, of course, I would tell you that the Lexus RC is one of those that makes my list of fun to drive vehicles and uh, Jeff uh, Partain, joining us from Lexus, he is a product marketing manager to talk about two new offerings that Lexus has in the department, not completely new, but also uh, good trim level uh, and 2021 model years, the Lexus RC and the RC Blackline Special Edition. So I always enjoy, Jeff, talking about Special Edition vehicles uh, because they tend to be limited runs and they hold their value really well, plus they give you a lot of extras that you're I uh, had to tell automakers this, but you don't really pay for them. You sort of get given them for free just to uh, include in the vehicle. So tell us a little bit about this new RC Special Edition and what it contains and how it looks.
2: Nick, thanks for inviting me on this show. I'm really happy to talk about the RC Blackline Limited Edition. As you mentioned, there's only 350 units of this car being sold this year, and it's based on our F-Sport RC-grade and available in both a 2-liter turbocharged engine or a V6 uh, 3.5-liter naturally aspirated uh, engine. And the exterior of this car is equipped with our triple-beam LED headlamps that accentuates the aggressive styling of the F-Sport that it's built off of. And the vehicle comes with a 19-inch split five-spoke F-Sport wheel with dark vapor chrome finish, and that's coupled with darkened exhaust tips to highlight that bull styling. And then the vehicle is available in ultra white or cloudburst gray, which is a new color for RC and exclusive to the black line. And then the interior of the car is covered in black Nulux with silver colored accent stitching. And then the steering wheel and trim pieces are adorned in a very elegant but sport-focused dark ash wood. And then additionally, for this year, the RC Black Line comes with two pieces of travel luggage from our new luxury travel partner, Zero Halliburton, which was made exclusively for Lexus. And that includes two Zero Halliburton pieces. Uh, one is a 22-inch edge lightweight Continental Carry-On, and the other is a 26-inch medium travel case. And that's perfect for business travel. If you're traveling by air these days or if you're still traveling a car, it's good for for business, or maybe a weekend getaway with your significant other.
0: Do both of those fit in the trunk?
2: Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that,
0: that might be a bit of a faux pas if, that, <laughs> if they didn't fit in the trunk, too. That's pretty awesome. Uh, I'm I do. I'm looking at pictures of the uh, new Black Line edition, the special edition that you have brought out in the RC, and I have to say the white is out. I mean the silver's nice but the white ooh mm, that blue. really looked good that really looks good I so love that blue. uh that no, it that really makes big.
2: those those settings pop so you're absolutely it it makes those other features pop so I agree with you completely uh
0: the RC was introduced in uh, back in I think 2014 or so and it's really been a major sort of player in the Lexus uh I would guess portfolio of vehicles. It's it's the sort of vehicle that everybody gravitates to when you can't uh, you know, afford uh, an L C the the R C is kind of the cool sporty sedan or school sporty two door coupe, I guess.
2: Yes, that's right. So a couple of things. You bring up a good point. Um, So, this car had a a, a redesign in 2018 model year, and it takes a lot of the standard model takes a lot of its design cues directly from the LC coupe. So, the front fascia and spindle grille are very much reminiscent of what you see in the LC coupe, and it also has integrated LED and daytime running lamp headlamps, again, taking those cues from the coupe, the LC coupe. And the base model, or the standard model, is is shod with 18 inch five-split-spoke wheels. Um, For the F-Sport, that overall design is accentuated by a more aggressive F-Sport spindle grille, and that vehicle comes shod with 19-inch, five-split-spoke wheels with a graphite finish. Um, So absolutely, and to your point, Nick, you know, the thing about a coupe is a luxury coupe. It's a luxury performance coupe. Uh, The people who buy this car, they kind of want it all, right? They want a car that looks cool, that they look cool in, that has performance so that they can take a spirited drive but also doesn't beat them up. They can drive it every day and it kind of gives them comfort and luxury, whether they are driving home from a long day at the office or maybe taking out their significant other to a a fancy restaurant.
0: Um, I like the idea of also sort of having this Performance edge to the vehicles, to um, you know the the sort of the the feeling of being able to get off from the light onto the freeway a little faster than everybody else, which I think is is an awful lot of fun with these vehicles too. Uh, is anyone racing the RC? So uh, so for RC, we do have Insa RC F, uh, which is
2: uh, we have a V eight. Uh, Engine, but this car, these, these cars have three separate powertrains. So the RC300 comes with a two liter four cylinder turbocharged engine that produces 241 horsepower. And the RC300 all wheel drive comes with a 3.5 liter V6 naturally aspirated engine and that produces 260 horsepower. And then the RC350 rear wheel and all wheel drives come with a 3.5 liter V6 naturally aspirated engine and that produces 311 horsepower, mm. and that gets you to zero sixty in a brisk 5.8 seconds. So uh, I can't speak to whether or not they're racing these cars, but they're certainly able to take them on a very spirited drive.
0: Have you got to spend some time in the 6-liter at all?
2: Oh, so uh, yes, absolutely, and uh, it's, it's it's a real, it's a real gas. The thing the, the car is incredibly... Uh, performance oriented. Uh, so, if you're talking about the RC 350, it's just a car again that's really fun to drive with yeah. the V6. It's it's uh, incredibly uh, performance oriented but as I mentioned, um, it's also a car that has a level of refinement and uh, and comfort. And one of the things that we that we offer with the with the F Sport is adaptive variable suspension. So that allows us to increase the damping response on this vehicle to kind of ramp it up depending on whether you want to do a tight corner, very kind of circuitous, or how should I say, a, a, a very spirited drive down a, a windy road. <laughs> or if you are going on a bumpy road, you can dial that back that that damping force back so you can have a more comfort oriented ride.
0: You sound like you know me a little bit, Jeff. Just just saying, just saying. In the all-wheel <laughs> drive version, how's the how's the burnout? Now, is that work really well in the all-wheel drive in the uh, t- in the rear-wheel drive version?
2: Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> this car, this car will get you going and, and uh, it's, it's, it will get noticed and look,
0: I don't want to yeah, get you in absolutely.
2: trouble. <laughs> I don't want well, to get it's, you- Again, it's one of these cars people want to drive this and people who drive coupes you know they're engaged. They, they want an engaged driving experience, right? Yeah. And so we want to provide that to them. Absolutely,
0: Jeff. This was super informative. I'm I'm super stimulated about this vehicle, and I'm looking forward to uh, actually seeing the Blackline version in uh, in person uh, because it looks absolutely outstanding. And who doesn't like uh, darkened wheels and uh, tailpipes? Uh, Jeff Partain is from Lexus. He is a product marketing manager, and we've been talking about the new RC uh, Blackline Special Edition, which is definitely a vehicle that looks amazing. I yet have to tell you if it drives amazing. OurAutoExpert.com is where you can get the show 24 seven. I'm Nick Miles, along with Phil Jen. You've been listening to Our
1: Auto Expert with Nick Miles. Find all the show episodes at OurAutoExpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our
2: Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response.